Blog Talk Radio. LiveDeliverance.com here on blogtalkradio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. If you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. here on the Monday night uh, time slot, we're so glad to have you. But if you're listening to us on any other social media platforms and or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com. And give us the times, the dates, the locations of platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Having said all that, now we can get down to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper so that you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight. When we get to the end of the broadcast, we will give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. Now, if you would join your hearts with me in a word of prayer, I'd like to sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place and this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the word of life. The, the the bread of life, the word of the living word. Jesus revealed to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. 
Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more as we sojourn in the land of promise by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace. Going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, we want to uh, deal with the subject of an elevated life. This will be part four. And I'm just trying to awaken our thinking so that we can begin to affect change that we want to see in our lives, to uh, be able to uh, allow the goodness of God to be displayed everywhere that we go. Our life has been elevated and made easy and complete. At least that's what Jesus did at Calvary. God has always wanted this for us because he placed his man in his provision when he told him to dress and keep the earth in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. So we find that we don't have to uh, uh, make our provision, find our provision. The commandment is seeking us out. The blessing is, is, is working day by day. Because it says in Psalms 68, 19, that the Lord huh, daily loadeth us with benefits. And I noticed last time when I said this that I've been kind of misquoting that, and I said he loaded us down with benefits. Well, down is a direction, and God always wants us to live up to our, our full potential, not live down, okay? That's just something to think about. God, because he has a spiritual uh, uh, release for our lives because we are made a spirit. So then we don't have to try to um, do what we've done, store up uh, 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 blessings on the earth. See, that would, be, uh, uh, that would be trying to get our benefits to come from a, a, a local position instead of a heavenly position, okay? That's just some of the things that we really need to walk out day by day, that I, I must remember that my life is an elevated life. I don't have to go through things, okay? We, we should walk above the circumstances and situations. We don't have to walk through, okay? I guess what I'm trying to, to get us to think about is that um, our connection and expression must be different from that which people that don't have a covenant relationship with God would be. See, it, I have an advantage, so then I should utilize that advantage. I don't flaunt that advantage. I utilize it because when I utilize the advantage that has been given to me, I then invite people to the greater. I said last time that um, we have the, 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 the misconception that we are to live a better life. God did not call us to a better he called us to greater, okay? He said greater things than this will you do, not better things. So when you, when you think about better, just for a, a, a place to launch from, better requires com- competition and comparison. Better requires competition 
and uh, uh, it, it requires us to compare, okay? Try to, to, to say that so that we hear it. I don't have to live in competition with my brother, my sister. I don't have to live in competition with those that don't understand covenant relationship. All I have to do is live in the greater. Jesus came, okay, so that you can just see it. When Jesus walked the earth, he was not here competing. Amen. When you when you have what's yours and operate in what's yours, there's no need to compete. It was said a long time ago that uh, uh, Mr. Wall, Mr. Uh, Walton, uh, because he was a rich man, at the time when it was stated, he was like the, the richest man in the the, the owner of, of Walmart. Okay, he's gone on to be with the Lord. But um, he didn't have to go around trying to display that he was all that. He drove around in a pickup truck, okay? And it was not a, a, a glorified pickup truck. It was simply a pickup truck. What? Why? Because he was not trying to show everybody that he was Mr. Walton, okay? He, he didn't have to. He was the man, okay? So that would be something that, that we should stop doing. We should stop competing with one another. The Bible says they that compare themselves among themselves or by themselves is not wise. See? So then we we should stop trying to compete. The world structure has been uh, built up on keeping up with the Joneses. Okay? That should not be our mantra. Okay? We should simply learn to and want to flow in the presence of God, in the victory of God, okay? So if you find yourself still competing, I'm asking you to hear the word of the Lord and and that would tell you to stop striving, amen? You don't have to strive, okay? Jesus did not come down and compete with his man. He came down to cause the man to be invited into greater. That's what he did. People can look at it and say that uh, because of uh, the way it, it, it appears that, that, that he's trying to show that he's so spiritual, okay? He didn't have to try to show he was so spiritual. He was spiritual. The words that came out of his mouth, he even said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. See? And please hear and understand that they have to be just as much spirit as they have to be life. There is not a, okay, the the way God looks at things, he's not looking at it as a 50-50 merger. It's a 100-100 collaboration. When you give God all, he gives you all in return. You can't give God all and then expect 50% of the blessing from heaven. Okay? I mean, we need to just think from this perspective. He's inviting us to all. We're going to try to look at that uh, uh, as we go through uh, tonight. So he, he loads us with benefits. He does, he does not load us down. Okay? He's not trying to – he does not want us to use the benefits to stop living an elevated life. Okay? Uh, if you can see that. See, a lot of people get to a level that they wanted to achieve, 
And at that level, they begin to become complacent. See, that's not what he wants. He says greater is what we've been invited to, invited into, not better. Okay? I mean, you can, you can, I've heard these things that uh, when you're running through things, you think that um, somebody else doesn't deserve what they have because you will say, I've done better than them. Okay? God's not grading on a curve. Okay? See, that's what we think. We've been trained that way. God, he's having an exchange of 100 to 100. Okay. He says these things to us, but we didn't hear it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. He didn't say, okay, wow, wow, Lord. He didn't say divide, and it shall be divided unto you. He said give. Give is a 100% exchange. When I give, then whatever I have given, that can be understood as I have given the all that was required in that situation. And that's what God is going to return, give to you. Because in the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Okay, do you see that? If you give a hundred, a hundred is what God's going to give to you. If you're thinking divided, then how can God give you a hundred? He has to give you according to your, as you have believed in your heart, so be it unto you. See, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, then you enter into the all of his blessing. He's not thinking from our perspective. He, He wants you to be filled. Okay? Genesis Uh, I mean, uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 28 tells us that he's made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. So then if you are understanding that your life is above only, then competition is not necessary, is it? Amen. In fact, what happens is this. When, 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 When I allow the fullness of God to take place, competition is not necessary because I receive all and now I can release all. See, Jesus came and he released all. He told us in, in, in Luke chapter 12 that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He didn't say it's the Father's good pleasure to proportionally dish out the kingdom. He said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not a portion, the whole nine. See, and if we would begin to to bathe our thinking in this, that the way for my movement in God can become exponential is for me to follow his dictate. And he said, I'm supposed to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my strength, all my mind. See, and then I'm supposed to, from that position, I'm supposed to now be able to love my neighbor as myself. What was I expecting? I was expecting all. Is that correct? If I'm giving all, then I understand all, and that's what I expect. I'm looking through the lens of all. Okay? And that's what... We should do. Watch this. We were uh, looking at um, 
We were looking at Ephesians chapter 1, so go ahead and turn there. And let's just look at this, okay? <clears throat> so it started at verse uh, 16. And, and, and so um, we're going to look at the, probably this almost the rest of this chapter. In verse 16, he says, this is the reason. That 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 we've been uh, we've been the ones that are invited into the kingdom, okay? And since you've been invited to the into the kingdom, since you've been uh, 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 given the ability to to come out of the place of, of of scarcity, okay, barely having enough, okay, it's going to take us continually walking in the growth that he is um, offering to us so that we can stop living below our calling. Uh, starting at, at, at verse 2, okay, it says this. Well, starting at the beginning, Paul, the apostle of Jesus, verse 1, Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. I love that. You might want to circle that. It, this is going to go not only to the ones at Ephesus, but to the faithful which are in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace be, grace be, uh, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, I, I, we should get that and, and, and understand that all is available and reserved for me. But it's going to require me to stop comparing and operating in what I think I don't have. Please remember that that's what the devil used from the beginning with Adam and Eve. He convinced them that they had been left out. They didn't have everything they need because he told Adam and Eve that God doesn't want you to eat from the fruit of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day that you eat from this tree, then you will be like God. But they were already like God. Just like you were invited to into fullness, he made them to operate in fullness. Okay, this is from the beginning. He placed man in his provision. He didn't place man in the position of begging. He placed man in provision. Six days, five days before he made man, he was making all the provision for man. And then on the sixth day, he made man and placed him in the provision. So when Jesus went to Calvary and Jesus said these words, it is finished, at that point, your invitation was into all. Okay? This is the way heaven looks at it. And it's going to require that we begin to look at it the same way God looks at it. Because then I'll... I, I, I can fight the enemy that's trying to tell me I need to compare myself with somebody else. 
I, I need to compare myself with those who I call rich. See, I don't. I need to equip myself to walk in all, to walk in fullness. The only reason that you don't walk in fullness is because you have not understood, understood or comprehended that you've been called to it. See, when I, when I go after things from a, a, a position of, 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 of scarcity, then I, what generally happens is I try to hold on to what I have, don't I? If I'm living out of scarcity, I'm going to try to hold on to whatever it is I have. But if I have the reference point that I've been invited into all, giving is almost automatic then, isn't it? Amen. See, this is what we have to, let's wash our thinking with the word of God, see, so that I can stop uh, limiting myself. That's what it says in Psalms 78. It says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. Notice he didn't limit us. I mean, we can hear the limitations have been taken off because he says stuff like, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So then if he was trying to limit me, that scripture would probably read, I can do some things if God is willing for me to do those things. I mean, do you see the difference in how we read and how we think? Okay. We're going to have to learn how to function in all because that's what God called us to. He had blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined, be predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the glory of his, the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom in the revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, 
which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might, dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay? So when you are are studying, I want you to go back and notice some things here. The first thing is that you are double blessed. Okay? So here we go. Let's read that in in verse 2 so you can just see these things. You are already double blessed. How? Verse 2 says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So God is giving you grace and peace. Jesus is giving you grace and peace. You are double blessed by declaration. He said, grace be to you. Okay? That's a declaration. That's an invitation. And I found that um, everything in the, uh, the kingdom of God is going to function by declaration and invitation. Invitation and surrender. I'm sorry. It's going to function by invitation and surrender. All right? So then because God has, has set it up for you by declaration, he double blessed you. And I said last time, I I don't see where my blessings of abundance, double blessing, the devil can ever mess with me. Because notice what he did here. He placed it in a a, a location that the devil can't even mess with. Okay? It says, verse 3, Blessed be the God of our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So that means that if the devil was able to get to uh, the blessing that God has for my life, he's got to, first of all, get it from Jesus, take it out of Jesus' hand. That's not going to happen. Last time the devil uh, had any encounter with Jesus, he got the snot beat out of it. He led captivity captive. Okay, that's what Jesus did. He beat him up real good. So then when the devil sees you and you're uh, dressed in the full armor of God, he doesn't know if that's you in that armor or if that's God in that armor. He told us to put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So here I am competing, trying to get blessings by hook or crook rather than me standing in the full armor of God dressed correctly. See? One of the things that the devil can see right quick, whether it's you or God, is because if I have no patience, then I'm not the one that's, that's fully clothed, Emma. Because the, 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 the evidence that I, I have been transformed is that the fruit of the Spirit would be made manifest. Patience is included in the fruit of the Spirit. 
So if I'm making demands frustrated, then I'm not operating in patience, am I? At that point, it is evident to the devil, you're not God. See? You're not the one that can, can win because just like I tricked Adam, I can trick you. We're supposed to be the ones that are, are rooted and grounded in love. Settled there, he said. See? Rooted and grounded. That means I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not walking around trying to believe. I am one believes. Because as I believe, all things are possible to him that believes. See, so I don't put myself in a, in a position or posture where I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and wishing and not understanding the will of the Lord. See? It's, it's, our, it's our choice. It's our option. Okay? These are the things I set before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. It's your choice. So then when you're having these uh, conversations and arguments with the devil, then he can tell what you chose by what you say. Amen. See? By your words are you justified. By your words are you condemned. He can tell how you're standing by what you say. All right? So you were, first of all, double blessed. God has peace and grace. Jesus has peace and grace. Grace be to you and peace from uh, God our Father and from the Lord. Jesus Christ. Right there, that tells me you're double blessed. Protect it. Because the devil can't take it from Jesus, and he ain't got no business in heaven. Jesus, the Bible says that God kicked the devil out of heaven. That was Isaiah uh, chapter 14. Okay? He, he kicked the devil out of heaven. So then if he kicked him out, you're not going to see uh, 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 his power come from a position where it can actually work. He, he's a toothless tiger. Amen. He is a defeated foe. The challenge is that we have to understand that. That's why Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Okay? You are double blessed. But watch this. It gets better. Because you also triple sealed. Okay? Double blessed, triple sealed, okay? In verse 13 of Ephesians, let's, let's see what it says here. It says, uh, in whom you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, Notice in this scripture that uh, the phrase Holy Spirit, both words were not capitalized. So now in that instance, we're not talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, did you see that? Okay, this is the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, that means the words that he has said, they're still holy. Okay, they came from a 
holy God. So then the words that came from a holy God, by definition, have to be holy. The promise that came from God is therefore holy. And he says you are sealed with that promise. Okay? What promise? That you are blessed from the Father with peace and grace. You are blessed from the Son with peace and grace. And the Holy Spirit is going to also take those words and seal them in your heart. The love of God has been shed abroad in their hearts. Okay? So then that's the triple seal. Seal from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They took a holy promise and caused it to be sealed in your spirit. Okay, we'll, we'll go through that. It was sealed in your spirit, but your spirit now has to relate that information to your flesh. That's where the breakdown happens because you'll look at things in your natural uh, understanding and say, well, I must be missing this. No, it was sealed when it came to you. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? I need for you to get that. That's how this works. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So even though it was sealed, if you choose to let it go, what can God do? Whatsoever you loose is loose. Whatever you bind is bound. It was already bound in heaven. When you look at it from God's perspective, the way he sees things, he declared that his mighty work was going to work in you. So if it's not working in you, I'll say it all the time, God cannot do anything for you if he cannot first do something in you. If you're still thinking from a double-minded position, remember the book of James says that if a man is double-minded, don't even let that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Amen. Because he, he doesn't have the confidence faith in what he has said will come to pass. Jesus told us that in Mark 11. And if you believe in your heart that the things that you say will come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. But if you don't believe it in your heart, can't have it. Why? Because that seal that was in your spirit has not brought an understanding to your natural Bind your flesh <clears throat> So do you think you got to go out And compete to get it <laughs> You know um, Because when a thing is sealed In your spirit Then there's nothing that the devil can do To stop it Amen uh, God is not a man that he should lie Nor the son of man that he should repent Has he not said it Shall he not bring it to pass Has he not spoken it Shall he not make it good See once that's sealed in my spirit, then, okay, I'm now walking out the timing that God has for me. I'm walking that out. See? <clears throat> when I receive something, all right, here we go. Women will probably get this quicker. The seed of the man, when it's given to the man, there is a transition of time. Nine months is what we understand it to be before that seed becomes the child that was already formed by the exchange. See? When the seed is received by the woman, 
the time between the, the baby being born and the baby being conceived is nine months. But it's not a change. It's going to be once she's pregnant, she does not go back and try to get pregnant again, does she? We're going to start a new baby. That's not the way it should work. If it doesn't work like that naturally, that's because that is a reflection of what happens in the spirit. Once you become pregnant in the with the word of God, then that that which was given to you, that holy seed will bring to pass what was intended from the beginning. The the process of time should not have anything to do with whether or not I'm going to receive it. See? Amen. That's what we saw that with Mary. The Holy Ghost hovered over Mary, the mother of Jesus, and said that now the Holy Ghost is going to is going to overpower you, overshadow you. And then that which is given to you, that which you conceived, you will bring forth. You will even give names to that baby because you're going to call that baby Jesus, which is interpreted God that's already with us. He's been with us from the time that conception happened. See? So then these are the things we've got to begin to to, to, to roll around in our thinking, in our heart. Because Mary said, wow, okay, let it be to thy handmaiden. But she kept doing what? Pondering these things in her heart. She was asking, how can this be? And I don't know a man. How how are you going to do this? Because you were overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And that which has been deposited by the Spirit, that which is sealed in your spirit now, will come to pass. See? We've got to learn to live the elevated life. See? I'm not looking for information. I'm not gathering information from around me. I need to gather the information that's inside, sealed information. I'm double blessed, triple sealed. And I'm also triple wrapped in prayer, okay? Verse 16 says that... um, Paul was praying, he said, because after I, I, I give, I don't cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Did you notice this again? God double blessed you with peace, double blessed you with, uh, he double blessed you with uh, grace, okay? Now, since he's already done that, he starts in verse 17 working on that double blessing with the same people, the entities that gave you that double blessing. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You've been double blessed with peace and grace, and now the double blessing is going to work again in the, in the, in the multiplied version, and he's going to give you spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wow. I mean, God is a God of increase. He started it off with a double blessing, and then he's going to cause the double blessing to work again. You're going to get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
this is why as Mary was pondering these things in her heart, it got easier and easier for her to gravitate toward what God is doing. Then the evidence of what she's already moved toward was, was clearly seen. Elizabeth, her cousin, uh, when she went there, she was already pregnant, and she noticed that the, the baby leaped in her womb when, when she came into the salutation of, of Elizabeth. The connection between John the Baptist and Jesus started even then. See? So these are the things we, we need to continue to work into our understanding. That I go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. See? That he's going to give me the Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of glory is going to give to me the spirit of wisdom. Mm. And the revelation and the knowledge of him. Notice that um, if I'm not participating in the glory of God, then the revelation that I need and the wisdom that I need is not going to happen either. He's the father of glory. And we've been spending a lot more time with the father of lies than we have been spending with the father of glory. The father of lies will tell us stuff like, you can't have that, you can't do that. But the Father of glory hmm, will show you the spirit and revelation in the knowledge of the one that's presented you with the glory. I'm hoping that you, I'm trying to untangle it so that you can see it. Okay? Because he wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Start looking at things from heaven's perspective. Okay? And then when you look at things from heaven's perspective, you will become intimate with the word know there. It's the same word that is used with uh, sexual intimacy. And he knew his wife. Okay? That was an intimate understanding of his wife. So then the God is going to give you the Father of glory, is going to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that you can be intimate with that revelation, be intimate with that spirit of wisdom. And when you do that, then you will know what is the hope of his calling. Mm-mm-mm. Again, invitation and surrender. You will know what is the hope of his calling. The reasons that we hold on to what we have is because we think that's all we're going to get. But when you are intimate with, uh, 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 with the eyes of your understanding are enlightened and you become intimate with this spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and the knowledge of him, then you will know what the hope of his calling is. It's easy to give up stuff. Wow. It's easy to give up stuff when we understand what we're going to gain. You give up your time every week. You go to work, and you already know that as you go to work, the contract says that for 40 hours you will get X amount of dollars. So then you give up the 40 hours for the calling of the reward. See? We give up stuff like that all the time. So then why don't we... Bathe our mind in, God has called me to this. I need to go ahead and then pursue that, walk towards that, walk in that. 
because I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And now that my eyes have been opened, enlightened, now I can become intimate with the hope of his calling. He said, I can do it. That's the hope of his calling. I haven't done it before. I don't know how, but since my eyes have been enlightened, now I understand the hope of what he invited me into. He invited me to greater. He called me to greater. And now since I became intimate with the revelation and the spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of him, now I can say, wow, he called me into that. Yeah, he did. Okay. And then now you will see, become intimate with the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You'll become intimate with that. You'll see that. So then that helps you see your position that I'm supposed to uh, assist other people in coming to the place of knowing what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance that's in the saints. Wow. Did you see, did you notice the location there? The glory of the inheritance is where? In the saints. Mm. Sometimes we shouldn't just run over those little words. Jesus said that man's supposed to live by those little words, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So then our job then would be to assist other saints to understand what the riches of the glory of their inheritance is. The reasons that the the society is in the mess that it's in is because there's no revelation of the glory of the inheritance that's already resident in the saints. You know, it was a time, um, you can remember in the book of Acts, that uh, that people were, were scared to mess with the body of Christ, scared to mess with the church. They didn't want to say nothing bad about the church. Because one time the, uh, the, the, the Ananias and Sapphira uh, did things that were uh, not holy, and they were trying to lie to the Holy Ghost. Next thing you know, both of them dropped dead. And so when that happened, the Bible says, and great fear came upon all of them. See? Why? Because they didn't want to run into something that God was doing just because they didn't understand it. See? They, they didn't know why they speak in tongues. It's, it's just, we ain't never heard this before. And so then people begin to shy away from it, back off, rather than say, okay, good, that ain't God. Because they lied on or to the Holy Ghost, and God wasn't too happy with that. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, but his people are not uh, presenting him that way, so then they have nothing to be scared of now. They just say anything they want to about them Christians. Amen. But they didn't do that. It's when this thing first got started, it was like, okay, yeah, we, we, ain't, we can't talk about them. Leave that alone. That's a holy thing. And we haven't stirred them up in the revelation of the knowledge of him so that they will know this glory that God has already put in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? This is not supposed to be the report of his mighty power. This is supposed to be the working 
of his mighty power. God can't do nothing for you until he first does something in you. So if you want to see if you want to see the effective change in your life, you've got to allow it on the inside. You've got to see yourself flowing in that. Amen. If I'm still I'm still supporting the 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 the, the thought process of scarcity, scarcity, then then I can't I cannot walk in the power of all. Okay, if I'm standing in the place of scarcity, I cannot function and release the power of all. Okay, see, so that we can get to the next place. The power, the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And listen at this, far above all. See, we're supposed to live an elevated life. See, he set Jesus here. And because he set Jesus here, we're supposed to be the ones that fellowship with Jesus. And he set him far above all principalities. And what else? And the phrase and power, the all from the principalities has to also be transferred to the, the, the power, wouldn't it? And then it would also have to be transferred to the might, wouldn't it? And it would have to also be transferred to the dominion, wouldn't it? You can see how it flows. Let's read it. And far above all principalities and all power and all might and all dominion and every name. So then it it flows collectively, doesn't it? The all and the every is exactly, it's synonymous if you would. So that means he didn't leave anything out. All means all. And that's all it means. So then we're going to have to uh, open up our thinking because after all, you were double blessed, triple sealed, and triple wrapped in prayer. Paul says we don't cease to make mention of you in our prayer. Okay, wait a minute. He said, technically in verse 16, after I heard of your faith and love, I do not cease to make mention. Okay. And he says, this is what I'm praying, that the God of all will cause you to be able to to walk in that, work with that, okay? And so then now, um, the the, the next thing you're going to see is the second place of prayer, which was um, Jesus himself in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So he says the life of Jesus is a life of everlasting intercession. He ever liveth to make intercession. See? So we got Paul praying. We got Jesus praying. Paul said he doesn't cease to give thanks and make mention of you in his prayers. Okay? So we got two praying. Let's get the the triple uh, wrapped. And it's going to be found in Colossians chapter 1 and verses 2 through 13. When you uh, read the the introductions to uh, the books that were written by Paul, it just drips with power and authority. It invites you into 
the all of God. Paul wrote these letters to people that knew about God, but were distanced because of experience. I'll say that again. They knew about God, but they were distanced from him through experiential knowledge. Okay? And and, and Jesus wants us to, to go to the place where we can fellowship with him. He doesn't want us to, uh, when Jesus came, this is one of the things that he did. He tore down the separation, okay, because the, the children of Israel, there was a, a, a veil that was uh, between the, the inner and the outer court. That veil, Jesus rent that veil, which is stating that he wants us to come behind the veil into the space of the Holy of Holies, Okay. The children of Israel couldn't get there. But Jesus, when he was uh, crucified, that whole thing stopped. It was rent from the top to the bottom. Okay, why? Because he didn't want the separation, never wanted the separation. He had to... To, uh, he had to put the separation there the same way he did in the garden. He said, I need to stop them from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life because they will stay in an unredeemed state if they eat from the, the, the tree of life because they'll live the life of the tree of knowledge information that they have now been exposed to. You see that? So God put the angel there and, and with a flaming sword turning in every direction to keep the man away from the tree of life that he would then remain in that condition of life forever. See, he doesn't do things to keep you from the thing. He keeps you away from the thing so that he can protect you so he can give you the thing in its right proportion. Amen. And, and, and that's what the devil lies to us about and tries to get us to think that God doesn't want me to have this because of he don't want me to have no fun or because he, he, he thinks I'm going to enjoy. No, 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 no. You don't, have, you don't have a renewed mind so that you can only function in the state or condition that you're in from that time forward. If you don't renew your mind, then you can't function in the heavenly principles of God because the Bible says that the things of the spirit are, 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 are completely clouded or kept away from by the carnality of our thoughts. See? We, we, we can't enjoy what God is, has for us because of our mind. The, 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 the mind that is not renewed in Romans chapter 8, it tells us that, that it's enmity with God. For the things that are of the spirit, they are foolishness to that mind. And if you think the thing is not necessary, it's foolish, will you enter into it? Probably not. So then that's why God does that to protect you until you decide that you're going to seek him with your whole heart. See? And as you seek him with your whole heart, then he's able to give to you the things that are necessary. If he can do in you what you what he wants to do, he can get to you what you need. He will not do anything for you until he first does something in you. It is God that works in you 
both to do and to will of his good pleasure. He's working in you. And if we stop this process, don't allow this process, then because we don't allow it, whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you lose is loose. Okay? So that God is inviting us again. It's an invitation and surrender. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read. To the verse 2. To the saints and the faithful brethren. Again, you just heard that in Ephesians. He's showing this, exposing these things to those who are what? Faithful in Christ. Which are our Colossi. Grace be to you. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he's, he's reminding you that you are double blessed. We give thanks. We, notice he said we give. The first time Paul said it was just me. But because Paul did, thank you, Lord, because Paul did his job, he caused other people to know that the praying for those that are coming after him, we have to pray that they would be enlightened. The eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you when? Always. Since we heard of the faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore we heard of, for, for you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in all the world. This word brings forth fruit as it does in you since the day you heard of it and that you knew the grace of God in truth. Also, you learned of Ephesus, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ, who declared unto us your love in the spirit, which caused the, the prayer that we engage in to be activated. For this cause, because we know that this is what's happening, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not sense to pray for you that, and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in what kind of wisdom? All wisdom and in all spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This one just blew me away when I heard this. It was um, Mr. Keller Copeland was the one that was saying it, that he says, first of all, wait a minute. <laughs> I want you to see what he said in verse 9. He says, we, I, we pray that you might be, circle the word sealed, okay, he says that you might be sealed with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might, might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Now, underline, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Wait a minute. If I was filled with the knowledge of the God, would I need to increase? Mm. See? So he said, I want to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding because then I'm going to begin to walk it out. I'm going to begin to utilize it. And when I utilize it, that would please the Lord and it will cause fruitfulness in everything that I lay my hands to. It will cause fruitfulness to every good work. And then that would garner what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Why? Because now I will be strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, with long suffering and joyfulness. 
I mean, do you see how the God of increase is working here? He already wanted you to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then as you utilize it so that you can walk worthy, that will then please the God, your father. And then it says that then you will become fruitful in whatever your hands do. Oh, please get that, beloved. God is going to, he wants to do something in you so that he can do stuff for you. When you walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing, because you have been filled with the knowledge of his will and, and wisdom and spiritual understanding, and you start utilizing that and applying it to every situation and all circumstances in your life, then you're walking pleasing unto the Lord, and then he can cause you to be fruitful in every work. Okay, all right, let's just go back and look at some of this. Um you remember how Joseph uh, went through all of the stuff he went through for training, okay? He was in a Potiphar's house. He was in Potiphar's prison. All of that was training for the thing God called him to, the thing God is preparing him to be able to execute. Because as he went through that training, the next thing we know is that Joseph was made the second in command, that everybody that came in contact with Joseph, as they were walking down the street, they would have to bow the knee. Amen. They would have to give God his props of all the stuff he did in Joseph's life. He was second in command in all of the land of Egypt. That means that his reputation had to be so noteworthy that people were interested in who that was. And when they heard who that was, then they had to respond correctly. They had to bow the knee. That's what God wants to do in your life. Come on, y'all that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you will be able to then walk worthy, display his glory, cause your, his name to be seen throughout your life, and then God is pleased, and then he would cause you to be fruitful in every good work, and you would be increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Okay. When you are connected to God this way, when his covenant is alive in your life, it causes things to, uh, to be elevated to you, for you, through you. You remember Obed-Edom. The only thing that happened great in Obed-Edom's life is that uh, when David was trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant, bring the promises, the evidence of the promises of, of the children of Israel, he was trying to bring them back to the city of Jerusalem. And uh, Uzzah touched the cart, and when he touched the cart, uh, he died before the Lord. And the next day, you know, David said, I can't take this Ark uh, I can't take this ark any further. So he said, wait a minute. There's a house over there. He said, Obadidim, would you please house the ark of God? And so Obadidim said, yes, bring him on. And it says about Obadidim that everything in the house of Obadidim prospered. The only thing that happened now, this was not works that Obadidim did. He simply invited God into his life into his house, into the personal space that he had. Come on, y'all. Come on. 
He invited God into the personal space of his life, and the next thing you know, because God was there, God blessed the house of Obed-Edom. God wants to do that for you, that you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. So then, just like they noticed about uh, Joseph, they noticed that whatever God says about that man, it just comes to pass. Whatever God's doing with that man, it just works out for him. Same thing happened for the Hebrew boys that were in the fiery furnace. That they, they went in and it looked like trouble, but because God had worked in them, and they said, no, we're not going to just put God uh, uh, behind the eight ball. We're going to keep letting him be glorified. Yeah, we know that you want us to eat this here uh, a pulse that you got. No, we're just going to eat what God has given us. And then because they did, they, they looked at it and said, man, they, 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 they got more weight uh, about them. They, they look healthy. And so then the king did the same thing again. He elevated Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says that about that, it says, if y'all say anything bad about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's over for you. Anybody that doesn't serve their God, y'all do. Not only is we going to make it so that y'all do, your whole house, everything attached to you, don't. Why? Because God wants you to walk before him unto all pleasing, and then he will cause you to be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us, who? Us. Meet to be, the word meet, there's old English for able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. He wants us to to be partakers of of the same power unto the mighty working of his power to us who believe. This is what God wants to do. He wants to get involved in the secret places of your life. He wants to be able to break forth out of those secret places into the everyday places that are seen by people so that you will develop the testimony of God is with you. Emmanuel. Okay? Again, Deuteronomy said that all the nations of the earth would see that you're called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And you shall lend to many nations and not borrow. You shall be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. See, this is what he's inviting us into so that he can show his glory, so that you can walk in a strengthened position. You won't be walking weak, see? You'll be walking as the head and not the tail, see? This is what he wants for us. He says in in Colossians 2.10 that you are complete in him. You're not lacking anything because he's the head of all principalities and power. Okay? Again, he wants us to enter into the all. He wants us to to enter into the, 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 the power because he hath blessed us with all. He hath chosen us in him. 
having predestinated us into the adoption of children, hath made us accepted in the beloved, hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the, 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 the glory of his will, the goodness of his will. He has purposed this in himself. So then I begin to know that in him I am complete. In him I am fulfilled. And in Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 3, it says, And if you be risen with Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on these things and not on things of the earth. See, I have to decide that I'm going to begin to think this way. I, I have to embrace all. Okay? I, I, I cannot just, just continue to live in, in, in scarcity, not because of pride, but because of calling. Because God has called us, told us to go into all the world and make disciples. Cause them to see. Teach them to observe what I told you. Why? Because all of my people are, are, are suffering. All of my people are being destroyed because they don't understand that I've already blessed them with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And they're, they're, they're pulling back away from me because they don't understand me. They don't see love as love. They see love as work. He says that his, his commandments are not grievous. So then love is not work. Amen. Love is the ability to surrender to receive. Every time. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. It's the ability to surrender to receive. When you enter into any uh, relationship, you have to give up something because you're entering into the place of surrender so that you can receive. Amen. You expect that the rest of your life will be protected by the one you're surrendering to, by the one you're submitting to, because you have to uh, position your heart to surrender to receive. You can't, you cannot feel, you cannot feel a full vessel. In order to feel the vessel, you must empty the vessel. You have to surrender to receive. That's a kingdom principle. You can't walk around and, 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 and close your heart, and then God can't get anything to your life because you have a closed heart. But if you would surrender to receive, then God will cause all to be available to you. Okay? See? That, that, that's what he's wanting. His presence meets every need. That can ever come up His presence Meets every need That will ever come up Let's turn to Isaiah Chapter 59 Verse 19 I want you to see some things Isaiah 58 Verse 59 Verse 19 And he says some interesting things because sometimes people think that um, because things are, are, are hard for them to comprehend, that they're, they're, going to, uh, um, they're not going to function the way that they're supposed to. 
Let me go this way first. See, when he invited you into all, keep keep Isaiah 59 and 19. We're going to go there. Because this is what people do, and I'd just like to make this point. People have come become accustomed. Wow, I'm not going to make it there. People have become accustomed to uh, pushing through rather than living lifted up. Okay? They, they, they have become accustomed to pushing through rather than living by being lifted up. Okay? Let's turn to um, Psalms 27. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to try to get there, y'all. I'm going to try to get there. See, this is, this is what's available to us. It says, this is my father's favorite scripture. He would sing this song all the time. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the times of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now... Shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me? Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacles the sacrifices of joy. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Let's go back here and look at some things. He, uh, David was, was, was being um, attacked on multiple levels. But before the attack, David's position of heart was that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Because of that, David said, who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer for the challenge, his presence will deal with every challenge in your life. But if I don't invite his presence, all that's left, come on, y'all. If I don't invite his presence, all that's left is my problems. Amen. Because the Lord is my light, I don't have to be afraid. Because the Lord is my salvation, I don't have to be afraid. He is, it didn't say the Lord will be here. It says the Lord is the strength of my life. See? So then my my answer is already there. My direction is already given. When the wicked, it said. He didn't say if the wicked, did he? He said when the wicked. Even my enemies and my foes, when they came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Why? Because the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. This is not the Lord was my strength. This is not the Lord was my light. This is not the Lord might be my strength. See, our, our position of heart allows God to do that, which he's already promised. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall, though war should rise up against me. I'm sorry. Though war should rise against me. Wow. See, again, by, just by hearing other people say it, and I'd say it. So it says, though war should rise against me. 
the will should become elevated surrounding me. Though a host should encamp against me. He says, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to have to be something. I'm going to have to be confident. And what am I going to be confident in? That one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that one thing is what I will seek after. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep uh, 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 hearing and responding by revelation. That's the thing I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the, if I'm going to seek after other things, come on, y'all, if I'm going to seek after other things, I'm not going to be found dwelling in the house of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous people run into it, and they are safe. So I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord by seeking the one thing that he's already said, that my confidence is going to be in what he's already said. That I may do what? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to talk to him in his temple, to inquire in his temple. Okay, if I'm, if I'm looking for, behold, if I'm looking for the beauty of the Lord, then I should not carry into my place of understanding, my place of prayer, my place of worship. I should not bring into there anything that's not the beauty of the Lord. He did not tell me to bring into this place so that I will see victory. He didn't tell me to bring in my problems. I've already answered my problems. Come on. Verse 1 answered my problems. The Lord is my life. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. See, I've already answered my problems. So I'm not bringing my pro- I'm not bringing a different position of faith into the place of worship. If I'm going to bring in my problems, then I didn't believe that the Lord is my life. I didn't believe that the Lord is my salvation. I didn't believe that the Lord is my strength. Okay, okay. He said the Lord is the strength of my life. He didn't say the Lord is the strength for my life, did he? Amen. It's a different place. See, he's saying that this is what comes out of me. The strength of my life comes out of me. See, so I'm not standing, okay, I'm not the one standing in the need of prayer. I am the one releasing praise and worship. God seeks for those that worship him. Is that correct? When, when I open my mouth, Psalms 8 says that, 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 that my praise steals the enemy. It stops the avenger. So then if my praise stops the avenger and steals the enemy, why am I talking to God about a dead situation, about an idle situation? Please help me. See, if I believe the Lord is my light and my salvation, if he's the strength of my life, then I should function from that position. Not saying, well, you know, the Lord is the strength of my life, but I need some help. Well, no, no, you didn't believe the Lord is the strength of your life yet. You have something else that you might believe in. Because David says, even though a host should camp encamp against me, even though war should rise against me, he says, no, no, I have confidence. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my life. See? So then when I'm desiring of the Lord, talking to the Lord, I need to seek after what I've already confessed. 
By your words are you justified. By your words are you condemned. If I'm expecting to behold, to look at the beauty of the Lord and to talk to him from that position of his beauty, I need to stop talking about the challenges then, shouldn't I? If I'm looking for the beauty, if that's what I'm seeking after, if I've decided I'm in the the tower that's a strong tower and I'm safe there, then that changes everything, doesn't it? And then watch what he says. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me. Am I acknowledging that the trouble drove me there? Or am I worshiping and knowing that I'm safe there? For in the time of trouble, he's going to do something. Because I'm worshiping, because I'm praising, because I'm confident that I'm going to seek him in the beauty of holiness. Because of that, in the time of trouble, he shall. Didn't say he might, he's going to maybe. He shall. Hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He will do what? Set me upon a rock. That's, again, the tower is, is, is an elevated place, isn't it? He's going to set me upon a rock. And when he does that, watch what needs to happen. Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. My head is lifted up above my enemies, and the enemies are still there. Did he move the enemies? He said, my head is lifted up above my enemies. They're no longer my problem. They are beneath my feet. My head is now in an elevated, my thought process is now in an elevated position. And I see, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, my enemies will come out against me one way and they will flee before me seven. I see the end of my enemy. I don't see a continuation of this process because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My head is lifted up above my enemies, and they still here. Amen. My head, now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore, in this tabernacle, what I'm going to offer is the sacrifice of joy. I'm going to sing praises unto the Lord. When um, the children of Israel, Jehoshaphat and, and Chronicles, Second Chronicles 20, when they begin to sing praises to the Lord, they begin to sing, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. They begin to sing that. The Bible says that as they offer this praise, the Lord set up ambushments around them. The Lord did that. They didn't have to do anything. As a matter of fact, when they left that praise service, they went into what would have been the battlefield, and they found all of the enemies of God had already been slain because the people that were supposed to join one army to fight against the children of Israel, they had now fought against each other, and they were all dead. And so the children of Israel walked up into the battlefield, and all of the enemies were already dead, and they said, wow. 
um, since God has already done this great thing, now what can we do? We can pick up the spoil. And the Bible says they picked up the spoil for three full days. Glory to God. Okay? And then it was reported that the children of Israel had this thing working, that God fights their battles. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer in his tabernacle, in this place of safety, I'm going to offer the sacrifices of joy. I'm going to sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and have mercy upon me and answer me. Okay, please let me go back and reference this. Notice the voice that, that, that he sent, he offered up, was not a voice of doom and gloom. He was offering in this place the tabernacle, the sacrifices of joy. He was offering in this place the praise unto the Lord. And he said, now, Lord, hear my praise when I cry with my voice. There is a place, beloved, that, 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 that can happen where the intercession is so intense that it sounds like groanings and uh, 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 places of, of weeping. Amen. I mean, if, if you haven't experienced that, then begin to look for that, okay? That it's not out of agony that I'm crying. There are tears of joy, aren't there? See? And so David entered into that place because he entered into the tabernacle of God. Have mercy upon me, Lord. Hear my voice and, and answer me. When thou said, seek thy faith, my, faith, my heart said, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek your face. You know, a lot of times we seek his hand. But we should seek his face. Why should we seek his face? Just so that you get it. God's mouth is in his face. Is in his face. And when he speaks with his mouth, he speaks deliverance. He speaks promise. In the midst of my trouble, God's going to give me a prophetic word. And then I'm going to uh, use that word to cause my heart to be still. Then from a still heart, I can then release the, the, the confession of faith, the declaration of faith that says, again, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. When you said, seek my face. My heart said, Lord, I'm going to do that. Hide not thy face from me. Put not away thy, thy servant in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Teach me your way, O Lord. Don't let me keep coming back here and presenting to you my way. Lord, you need to move. Lord, you no, 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 no. Teach me your way. Teach me that trust in you will allow me to win every time because you will not. I've been young and not, now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Teach me your way. How you do that, Father. 
how you remain yet faithful. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses have risen up against me as such that breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, these are the things that, that, that he's invited us into. We have to surrender after the invitation. Give up my way. Submit to his will. Be taught by him in the place where I'm standing so that I can then walk unto the Lord in all pleasing. But the choice is yours. Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we just thank you and we praise you that your word that was sent heals and delivers, that your word that is received takes us to an elevated place so that we can see the salvation of the Lord God that's with us. Cause us, Father, to submit to the things that you have spoken by your word because that's what you sent to heal. That's what you sent to deliver. Thank you, Father, that we will stop looking for assistance from other ways from other things, but we will know that the word of the Lord is active in us and working together so that things will work out for our good. Thank you, Father. Again, cause us to be settled in your truths so that we can be settled in your victory and settled in your love. We ask and receive it as done right now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior and the redeemed of the Lord said together. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I'm glad that you were are, are here on uh, Blog Talk Radio with us this evening. And again, we ask uh, those of you who are here that if you have any questions or comments, that we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. Area code 404 you have the mic. Any comments or questions about the ministry tonight? 404-536-7829. You have the mic. Yes, just the entire the entire ministry was a blessing. Um, I, I appreciate how you went from from Old Testament to New and just showed us all the blessings. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Amen. Amen. Glory to Thank God. You. Thank you. And uh, that's what we're here for is to uh, begin to, to show us the things that um, are necessary for our victory. Um, I see we have someone that just joined the call now, uh, area code 310-213-4183, area code 310-213-1483. Uh, any comments or, uh, or questions about the ministry tonight? Because I do recognize that you can see the ministry online, but you couldn't talk. But now you might have a question about the ministry. Area code 310-213-1483. Any questions or comments about the Um, ministry tonight? Yes. Um, 
would like to say, uh, Pastor Lee, that I enjoyed your teaching tonight, and I have enjoyed your teaching throughout the pandemic. I thank you that you are so full of the word, and I thank you that when you teach, you have a prophetic teaching that enriches the body of Christ. Uh, I love how you connect the scriptures to our spirit person, that it is so anointed and full of the Holy Spirit that it's just so nourishing when you speak the word, it just flows right out of you and you bring it to life so that we can apply it to our lives. So I just want to thank you and bless you, Pastor Steve, for your ministry and you are in our prayers and uh, we look forward to uh, listening to your messages. I can't get in here every uh, Monday night, but I do listen to you at the latest Monday, uh, excuse me, Tuesday morning. And uh, what a blessing you are to the body of Christ. And I just ask our Father to bless you and your family and your ministry for what you are doing to excel us and to get us closer to Christ, to be aware of the enemy and his devices. And I just thank you for the uh, anointing that you have in your life and that you have a, a spirit to oversee us and to and that you love the body of Christ. And it just comes out when you, uh, in your teaching, that you really care for the flock. May you be richly breath, uh, blessed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you very much. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate that because that is the, 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 the thrust of the ministry is to equip the body of Christ uh, for victory because um, that's what God has intended for us. And um, it's time for us to do what it says in Isaiah 60. It's the time for us to arise and shine for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. So thank you again for participating in the ministry. And um, that's what we're going to uh, continue to do here at LiveDeliverance.com. Um, again, if you are, uh, uh, the Lord instructs you to be a blessing to us and sow a seed here at LiveDeliverance.com, you can go to the website and look for the Donate tab and just be obedient to God with the expectation that because he has prompted you, he's going to fulfill that which he started in you. He who has begun a good work, he's faithful to complete it to the day of Christ. So as you are obedient to God and um, uh, plant a seed here, we also want you to uh, tell someone, um, tell your friends, tell, tell the people that have uh, come against you. Because, again, we're here to love, okay? I'm not here to make myself right or make you right because you agree with me. I am here to share the uncompromised word of God so that we can all wrap this thing up. It doesn't get wrapped up until everyone has heard this gospel of the of the, the kingdom must be preached okay and then the end shall come so if it hasn't been preached to all nations we're just going to be stuck here frustrated i would like to help eliminate the frustration by giving you a charge to go and tell people and say here's a a, a ministry where you can go and hear truth that will transform not truth that will just put you in a pocket where you can't move because you got to do it my way. I don't have a way. All I have is truth. And when you know the truth, Jesus said, that truth that you are intimate with will make you free. 
So again, uh, with that being said, I'd like to uh, pronounce the, the priestly blessing upon you and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. So until the next Monday, may you be blessed. Amen.